Every great film should seem new every time you see it. Welcome to the Midnight Film Review, Episode 127, Part 4, <laughs> aka Episode 130, Parts 1 and 2, aka Episode 131, <laughs> The Reckoning, and The Final Countdown. <laughs> I think that was a true, uh, a true intro appropriate to where we're at. One, well, I was one for the record books. My name's Colin Smith. With me, as always, Brian Stevens over there, giving me some uh, some recording false starts just to just to keep things nice and tidy the way oh I like God. them. Welcome to the Midnight Film Review. Uh, this is a a very special episode, uh, very auspicious, and maybe a little bit sad coming to you today. Um, but we will have plenty of time to talk about that. We're going to spend, uh, I think, most of open discussion going through going through emails and talking about the, the past, present, future of this podcast, uh, of us, of our, of this, this, uh, <laughs> this podcasting power couple. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a little bit, a little bit of media hot takery, and we're going to wrap up the episode with some some reviewage of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which one are you? Uh, I'm Hank Pym, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Grumpy Hank Pym. And I'm the ghost because I'm translucent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I could give you a run for your money. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty pretty pale. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. (laughs) So, uh, where to even start? Should we even address the episode number thing or we just want to move past it? No, I think you should because people are, it's an insult. It's not. So, so, there was well, there was a period of time where we were like, all either duplicated an episode or like we're making fun of almost do. I don't remember how, but we we did a stretch of, you know, fake out episode numbers. Well, it turns out it actually finally happened. We did uh, two episode one twenty sevens. So <laughs> we uh we've been behind an episode. We've been we've been living in the past for a few weeks, but today. Today we boldly stride forth into the future. Um, <laughs> I was excited to end on 130. I'm like, that's a good round number. Yeah, and this is what but, you get. Uh, you uh, you you tried to pull the wool over my eyes. Yeah, I was actually employed to get you to do one extra episode. <laughs> you you know, and I actually I just asked you if you were sure it was episode 130 to give you a hard time, and, and it turns out I'm. And I truly doubted myself. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. It's a it's a it's a burden I bear. <laughs> I don't know. All right. What's the song? Uh, something, something. If I'm right, something. I don't. Know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I can hear it. In well, my head. after birth. Yes, after Earth. Birth. The, the greatest movie of all time, starring Will and Jane Smith, <laughs> directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh God! Yeah, right. Um, it's been a, it's been a. A long and wild ride to get here. 131 episodes. That is, that's crazy. That is. That's nuts. Looking back when we started this little thing, yep. never dreamt it. C- crammed together in your bedroom, oh, yeah. nervous, shaking, <laughs> reviewing <laughs> Crimson Peak. <laughs> Whoever knew we would make it this far and fall so far along the way. Um, <laughs> ne- or... <laughs> Acquiring a veritable uh, 
cadre of uh, of regular listeners to disappoint Ooh. and <laughs> and cadre. read emails of. Um, thank you to everybody who has been here with us. You know, whether you're listening to your first episode, somehow you decided that. You know, you couldn't find a review of Ant-Man and the Wasp and you needed to come to us. Or if you've been here for a long time and you've enjoyed listening, uh, thank you to everybody who's ever listened to this podcast and everybody who's listening now. Um, I'm not going to say this is our last episode, uh, but it is maybe an ending of sorts. Um, uh, This, at least for now until we tell you otherwise is going to be the end of regular recordings and uh, the end of this format as a weekly episodic film pop culture whatever you have you review uh review show uh and maybe we should wait until emails are done to talk about the future sure but that's, uh, that's fair i i just want to say since Brian has done all the work, and now I'm the one who is bailing. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for making this happen. It's I still can't believe it's turned into what it has, and uh, I have loved doing this, and none of it would be possible without you. Um, so thank you for, for letting me, uh, letting me b- be part of your podcasting dream and hang out with you and talk about movies for a hundred and... 131 plus episodes and who knows how many hours that is thank you colin for uh just on a whim me asking you hey you want to come to my house and t- talk to some a mic about a movie you were just kind of like yeah sure whatever uh and it just kind of grew from there and then people started listening we had listeners actual people first the robots came yeah first the indian <coughs> uh, robots came um and uh, then real actual people started listening, and we really appreciate all those listeners. And, um, you know, there were times where I was like, Colin's going to quit. Colin's going <laughs> to quit. There's no way I can. Like, he's not going to. I moved further away. Like, man, I feel bad. He's got to drive all this way after work. Like, uh, but you hung in there as long as you could, uh, and I really appreciate it. Yep. Um, so you say I do all the work, but, I mean, you have to see these movies, too. Uh, even though you didn't see Justice League, <clears throat> anyways, uh, but you know you have to you have to leave work and come drive quite a ways out of your way and sit in my s- smelly basement that reeks of dog urine and <laughs> fight off the uh, <laughs> the the horse and stabilize yeah. the table and uh, <laughs> yeah. and the possum, yeah, uh, who is we've we've managed to uh, keep our lair. A recording layer possum free for a while so yes that's been yeah nice. thanks probably for everyone's earballs too yeah right yeah thanks to a new house and a wife who will lock them down so no but um yeah i agree it's been great listening to uh emails reading emails from everyone um con's getting to read some emails and um and basically he's going to eulogize himself through our readers i, I appreciate everybody that wrote in um and all the great words that um they hand this and here's the thing is like <laughs> every single one of these emails is true to form with the people who they are like every <laughs> every one of these emails is exactly what you would expect 
from the from these uh, these regular listeners. So, um, and you know, feel free to email in. Um, well, we're on break because, like Colin said, he may come back at some point. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Emails will be read eventually, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's uh, yeah, let's do some emails in the meantime. And look, it's not like we're gonna die or uh, stop using the email account. So. Send us an email, midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. Why not? See what happens. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe this is a conspiracy and you could win something. No, that's not true. Um, but look, send us one last cat picture. Send us a note. Just do whatever you want. Midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. All right. Uh, let's start with <laughs> email from... Regular contributor, Adam Etheridge. Dearest Midnighters, where do I begin? Losing you both will be like losing an appendage, but something fairly useless, like a second penis. I barely use the one I have. <laughs> Still, I will miss the weekly joy that my cock or cocks have brought me in our all-too-brief time together. I don't remember when exactly I started listening, but I haven't missed a moment since. I don't know where I'll find out what nonsense will be turned into a franchise next, but I know when I do that I'll be able to hear Colin sigh somewhere deep within my yearning heart. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, every time I watch an awful Netflix original film, I know that somewhere in the Cincinnati metropolitan area, you'll be watching it too, and that brief moment of happiness will help me endure the rest of the turgid shite that I'm filling my eyes with. Rob Bob, I'm sorry it's taken me so long to respond. I've been working in a Nike sweatshop 24 hours a day for the fast, past four months on a 63-year contract in order to pay off the vet bills. <laughs> for reference, it costs around $7,500 U.S. to have a cat's kidney removed. Did I ever get a thank you? Only if biting my nose is cat speak for, thanks for spending almost half an annual salary on me so that I can give you no plausible benefit for the five years that I'll be a fucking millstone around your neck. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I don't speak cat, but I am surprised at how long their sentences are without any punctuation. Drew, Will, thank you both also for entertaining me. It's gray here and it rains a lot. Existence is miserable. Britain is like a post-apocalyptic society in many ways, so your contributions to the podcast have also lifted my spirits on a regular basis and helped me forget the drudgery of life here in England. Brian, I think you should create a Facebook group so that we can all share our thoughts and stay in touch. Sort of. I'd go with Midnight Mourners, but I imagine that already exists and has topics such as what's your favorite Bun Bauhaus album? And how much does Robert Smith spend on makeup? I'm sure you'll think of something. Gentlemen, I'm not sure what else to say other than thank you, and I hope that this isn't the end and that you'll fill my ears once again on the odd occasion to tell me about Mega Disney and just what you've been up to in general. Don't be strangers. Love, Adam. P.S. I know how much you love pictures of cats, so here's a big one with Ridley Scott. Adam Etheridge. <laughs> Secretary. I I don't know. Nuneaton Bro FC. There you go. Um, and then he did send us a, a picture of the tiger on the set of Gladiator. Oh, God. What a... F- so, but too bad the tiger didn't uh, eat Ridley Scott. Didn't eat Ridley Scott and really do the world a favor. Do Ridley <laughs> Scott a favor, uh, yeah. if we're honest. Cement his oh, legacy. Uh, that was an epic email, Adam. Thank you so much. That was a a wonderful and thoughtful email. Um, 
And we're, I guarantee we'll miss hearing from you as much as you miss hearing from us. I'll work on that Facebook group. Yeah. Brian will start a support group. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How's your doctor over there? It's, it's sweetened with monk fruit and full of bacteria. (laughs) Um, So we also heard from regular contributor, Brian Alfred. He said, Hey guys, just wanted to drop a line and say congrats to Colin. Best of luck in your future, and it sucks that you'll be gone, but I know it's got to be worth it. You guys keep me looking forward to a show every week, and I can honestly say that you both bring something that no other podcast does. Your insight into not only reviews of movies, but the business in general sets you apart. Good luck to both of you moving forward, and although it won't be the same, Colin, I won't say goodbye. More likes, see you later. All the best, Brian. Well, sweet. Thanks, Brian. Brian, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I hope it'll be worth it, but uh, <laughs> I, I have some years of pain ahead of me. So, um, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for emailing. All right. Uh, we have, oh, looks like a, a first a first time contributor here um, who <laughs> uh, goes by Samurai Jack. Uh, when you say goes by, how do you know that's not his real name? Well, because his there is a a name in the e- email oh, address, okay. um, or at least things that appear to be a name other than Samurai Jack. All right. So uh, this this email is subject line movie stuff with a smiley face. Okay, uh, Predator trailer. I would like to see the films go back to its roots. It should be a sci-fi horror action film. Why do we need an Uber Predator? Shorter answer is if the writing is good, you don't need a gimmick. For now, I'll wait to see what your review of the film is before I go see it. If it's anything like the original, it will be a lot of fun to see. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't hold your breath for our review of that film. <laughs> um, maybe Brian will have something to offer you, but we will. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, look it. It's hard to do a sequel, even if you do it right, because, well, where do you go mm-hmm. if there's not a logical, you know, next next step for the narrative? Are you doing the bigger and better approach, uh, which, you know, Predator is a self-contained story. So it seems like yeah, that right. has kind of been how it has been re-envisioned so far. Good work. I don't know. Uh, maybe not, but we'll see. I'm not looking forward to Uber Predator, uh, just to be honest to you. Even I trust Shane Black. I think he's a great writer. So the the problem is we've already kind of seen that conceit and watched it get covered in hot, smelly diarrhea in yeah. Alien vs Predator. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. They I, at least they keep handing the the franchise to like competent. Yeah. People. Yeah. So Rodriguez and then Shane Black. You know. I totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, Jurassic World, Lost Kingdom. I would have liked to have had Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom to be more of a suspenseful sci-fi horror film. There was zero character development. The two other main characters were just put there to fill the minority quota. The badass Asian med student and their nerdy black super hacker. I think the movie really missed a chance to round out these two characters to be more than one-dimensional. But as long as I don't think about it and just watch the movie, it is a good movie. It's visually stimulating, the graphics were great, and the action was good. I went to see this film with my beautiful fiance, Jackie. Oh, Jackie, I hope you're listening. You just got name dropped. She whispered, the little, gl- the little girl is a clone. 
I told her I didn't think so. In my head, making the girl a clone does not drive the plot forward and only starts another thread that leaves nowhere. Five minutes later, it's revealed she is a clone. I still don't know what that what the hell that adds to the movie nothing yeah the the answer is everyone loses in the end i'm glad i saw it it was worth the matinee price of five dollars but don't make me think about the storyline and the writing too much as i do not want to come to the realization that i made a bad monetary decision no that's not no it's worth five dollars it's not worth five dollars you so if you you would have to pay me (laughs) the cost the cost of admission for that movie to be worthwhile if you paid me fifteen dollars to watch that movie and then write a review about it, maybe that would be worth it. Wow, okay. All right. Fuck that movie. All right, Ant-Man and the Wasp. This looks like it will be a great movie. I'm going to see it later today with my lovely lady. Paul Rudd is a great actor. I do not see the Ant-Man movies as superhero movies. To me, they're like heist movies that have more advanced gadgets. Should be a lot of fun. Well, I guess you'll be hearing from us shortly. Get there. All right. Alternative media series. I think you guys should also add some commentary to streaming media like that of Netflix. Online content has come a long way and rivals big budget movies in quality and content and allows a more rich and in-depth story to be told over many hour-long episodes than one two-hour film. But I also know doing a podcast is super time-consuming and you guys are a two-man crew. I mean, I I don't know, uh, so... Like a riff tracks thing? Is that where we're going? <laughs> that would be kind of cool. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Just add commentary to streaming media. Um, or a podcast. I don't know. If, like a, like the reviews. Netflix stuff? I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, I wonder if there's that out, if that's out there somewhere. I know that um, actually, uh, you know, probably stealing a little bit of our clout, but uh, Film Spotting had their SVU. It was called Spotting. The streaming video unit so they did just strictly streaming stuff um with matt singer and allison Wilmore, i think or i don't remember who the joint i don't know i feel bad tasha robinson that's who it was tasha robinson um matt singer and tasha robinson svu svu but they just recorded their last episode last week so and they've been around for longer than we have so but um yeah that's a space that needs to be filled colin too yeah. bad you're trying to be a lawyer good luck <laughs> um yeah all right Cobra Kai, the only YouTube Red series that I have liked so far. I did not like it enough to actually buy YouTube Red, (laughs) but I do love it enough to spend the time to acquire it, winky face. This is a great storyline building off the original Karate Kid mythology of 1984. I thought it would be bad, but I'm pleasantly surprised. The story follows not the start um, from the original film Daniel Russo, but his uh, rival Johnny Lawrence. It was great, and if you have not seen it, you should. I've heard this. This is not the first time I've heard this, um, but I haven't tried to consume it yet. The the problem. So, <laughs> I would love to see a a film with Johnny Lawrence as not only the pro- the protagonist but the good guy because mm. Daniel San and that whole portrayal of martial arts in in the Karate Kid <laughs> is so problematic and insulting for so many reasons. It's true. Um, <laughs> Got a lot of people ta- in karate, though. Taught a lot of yeah. Taught a lot of people exactly the opposite about how <laughs> martial arts and combat sp- sports work and how they should be trained. Uh, so that's uh, it's. I don't know. I <laughs> it's it's so I don't know. It's so confusing to me at all. I I hate the Karate Kid. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is fun. I could I could see that happening. All right, Luke Cage. Building off the mega-successful Marvel Universe, Netflix has a has 
a group of B-team superhero shows. Not as good as Daredevil, Jessica Jones, or The Punisher, but still better than cable TV, and just about everything on there. This is the second season of Luke Cage that is superior that is superior than the first. The main villain of this season is much better than the last. If you liked the last season of Luke Cage, you'll love this. If you liked the last season but thought the villain was lacking, you'll love this. If you did not like Luke Cage, maybe Jessica Jones is for you? What if Jessica Jones isn't for you? Yeah, Colin stop watching. does not like Jessica Jones. Uh, and I really enjoyed Jessica. I don't I so I start I was close to doing a media hot take once on Luke Cage. I didn't care for the first season at all. Uh, about halfway through it, it just didn't we talk about it on the show? We might have. I don't know. I know you talked about it, and I haven't seen it. So, yeah, maybe I did talk about it. I just once um, the villains kind of switch, so uh, another villain takes focus. I just kind of lost. Yeah, I think maybe we did because um, Masha Ali, Marshala, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali uh, is in it, and I really liked his performance. But yeah, I don't know. There were some good episodes, but I just I didn't really care for the last probably third of, of that season. I don't know. I like I enjoyed Daredevil season one. I thought it was great, but it was also a time when I feel like I had more opportunities to sit down and watch mm, TV. Yeah, and then. I was just like gritting my teeth to get through episodes of Jessica Jones. Could not do it. Uh, could not get through the second season of Daredevil, and I just I was done at that point. I don't have the I don't have the time to yeah. <laughs> stay current um, if I'm not like really if it's not something special. I guess TV is a big big investment. And yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. I I think uh, Daredevil season one is the best thing they've done. Uh, I think. Uh, Punisher is the second best thing they've done. Well, not Iron, not Iron Fist. <laughs> anything but Iron Fist. I couldn't make it through two episodes of that show. I tried, not so much. And I never really watched the Defenders either. The actual where they come together. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, S- uh, Samurai. I will take your word, and I will try out Luke Cage season two. You, you guys, you guys have fun together doing that. All right, media hot take. This is the end of the email. Roseanne, the TV show. I kind of like it when I was younger. I remember watching it uh, in Wonder Years. I don't think it should have been canceled because of the asinine comments made by Roseanne Barr, but hey, ABC is a private company and they can do whatever they want. I was hoping that Netflix, the Ra's al Ghul, Lazarus Pit of dead TV shows, would swoop in and save the show, but I have read they're actually bringing it back without Roseanne. You know the main character of the show? <laughs> Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Um... Here's the, I, look, I, you know, so, <sighs> I, you know, it doesn't really matter what we think because of exactly what you said. They're a private company. Yeah. They get to do what they want. Um, I have the feeling that they spent a lot of time talking to her and making it clear that this TV show revival was contingent on her keeping her mouth shut and not spouting off any ignorant racist shit. Uh, And they probably made very clear what the consequences of that would be. And she did it anyway. So, uh, yeah. Can I, not to be, I'm trying to be devil's advocate in a way. Okay. ABC should know, getting in bed with Roseanne, what that means. Like, it's not like she's not had a, 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 a track record of being like, 
beyond controversial. Yeah. So no, I I mean I agree. I I think they look. It's it's a financial decision, and you know they there's a risk reward relationship with the the optics of this scenario. Yeah. And it happened, and they did what they said they were going to do to, you know, salvage their reputation or not salvage, but protect their reputation and. Whatever. I, who I what I want to know is who wants to watch a, like why why is this kind of sitcom? I mean, is it just nostalgia? I don't. It it seems to have died. It died. It, it died in the like nineties, um, and I mean existed into the early two thousands, but shows like this are they don't really seem to work anymore on broadcast. I, I don't. Mean, I mean, like, I don't know. The thing with Roseanne is, I mean. It was the most watched show on television in its return. It was, but how long would that have lasted? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. I, you know, uh, man, I don't know. See, here's the thing: is like I didn't care about Roseanne. I was never like a Roseanne watcher back in the day, so like I wasn't. I didn't really care about it being brought back today. So, yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I, it's a good question. I, I wonder what this. From what I understand, like the show, this the 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 Redux or reboot, whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, the writing was actually really good, and it focused a lot on her um, her daughter's character, Darlene. Was the majority of the of the episodes were kind of around her coming home and just dealing with personal problems and uh, being a working class uh, single mother kind of thing. Um, and I guess that's kind of where they're going to take the this spinoff. Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be called. Uh, I've heard the Connors is what they're going to call it, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't really have a desire. I don't really care. That, that's the thing. Is, I don't care. Yeah. I've never cared about Roseanne, and no. I, did, I wasn't surprised, and I wasn't surprised when she got canceled. So, I just like all those shows, like Roseanne, Full House. You know, you name it. I just all I can, you know, Family Matters. All I can think of is a laugh track and yeah, just flat jokes. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Step by step. Yeah, God. What a what a the Callsbys. <laughs> oh, let's not. Let's just not even. Let's not do that. <laughs> okay. We don't have time. All right. Uh, Thanks for the email. Yeah. This is Samurai Jack. Um, I'm sorry you, uh, you you have all these hopeful wishes for the future, and it seems a little ill timed. But thank you so much for writing. Uh, and at least you got. You know, you, you snuck in your email on this last traditional episode. Thank you for enjoying the podcast and keep watching movies. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And of course, we heard from regular contributor Drew um, says, Dearest Brian and Colin, in some sort of surreal memes font. I don't even know what that is. I think uh, that's some kind of like hex he put over your name for leaving. Yeah. What's well, in your name, too, by the way? I'm pretending it isn't. Okay. Seeing as this is possibly the last time I'll be able to write into the podcast, I figured I'd try to be slightly more positive than I'm generally known for being. <laughs> that being said, I'd like to start out by saying that the Ant-Man and Wasp was a colossal piece of shit. <laughs> and easily the worst MCU movie to date. There isn't a single funny joke, fun action sequence, noteworthy performance, or interesting story beat. It felt like I was watching a superhero show on the CW. I honestly believe that if Marvel's name wasn't attached to this movie, nobody would be praising it. Wow. Okay. Drew, that is a that is a spicy take there, my friend. 
Um, <laughs> now that I'm done bitching and moaning about something that doesn't matter, I'd like to praise two recent films I saw that you guys didn't review. Won't You Be My Neighbor and American Animals. There isn't a lot to say about Won't You Be My Neighbor that hasn't already been said, but it's incredibly inspiring and timely. Uh, less has been said about American Animals, but Bart Layton's The Imposter's latest movie. Uh, the film blends documentary-style interviews and a very well-made crime thriller into a very interesting and very different kind of movie that is right up my alley. I've seen mixed reactions to it online, but it's one of my favorites of the year, and I highly recommend checking it out if you have the chance. Lastly, here's my family's new kitten, Diego, named after the kid that gets stabbed to death in the beginning of <laughs> Children of Men, the greatest film ever made. Thanks for the hard work you both put into the show, Drew Mascarelli. It's and a cute cat. He sent a picture of like just an adorable orange tabby snuggling up to something. Um, <laughs> snuggling up to something. It's going to be a, Diego's going to be a little troublemaker, but he's adorable. Uh, so wait, isn't it, wasn't he a uh, little Diego? Isn't little that the Diego, character's yeah. name? The yeah. Young, the youngest person alive. Youngest baby. Man. Is it baby Diego? Oh, maybe it's baby Diego. So something like, I think it's baby Diego. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, Spoilers for Children of Men. I uh, love that movie, by the way. That's not a spoiler. Whatever. Um, I can't wait to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was a very spicy take. That was. Um, um, one that only uh, drew Mascarelli. I had to get his last name in there because we mispronounced it for so long. Mascarelli? 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 Yeah. Mascarelli? 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 Night and day? Anyways. Um, sorry, sorry, Drew. I just <laughs> I was just being silly when I did that. Um, um, no, but... but uh, I want to see American Animals really bad. I don't. It's not playing here. I don't know if it's going to come here, um, because screw Cincinnati, right? Maybe it plays at the Esquire, and someone can walk in in the last fifteen minutes and <laughs> hold the door open and that, that's pace a good around. possibility. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I, I I like the Imposter, um, and I was I, I'm interested in this movie for sure. Um, the Mister Rogers won't be my neighbor. I just don't feel like that's a movie I want to see in the theater. I definitely want to see it, but I don't know if I want to go to the theater and see it. I I agree. Um, yeah, it seems like a good uh, good at home watching material. Yeah. I don't know unless uh, Mr. Rogers flexes those guns on the big screen. Boom boom. So Drew, thank you for being a just a great regular contributor. Um, I I know the sh- the show wouldn't have been the same without your your emails and. Uh, and all the content you provided us <laughs> yes, to make our jobs easier. Oh, man. Um, yeah, going to the, the, the notes, the classic notes from Fifty Shades of Freedom or whatever yeah, it's called. Pr- Shades probably the, the the best guest segment we've had. Wow. I, I actually went home and showed my girlfriend your handwritten notes, uh, and she didn't appreciate them as much as I did. I'll have you know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for everyone who wrote. Um, I know. I think there's one more email left, but uh, just it's still. I know it's dumb. You guys, I'll just shut up after this. But <laughs> it still blows my mind that there are people out there listening to us, and that you know we get to correspond with you guys and have your feedback and interact with you, and it really makes this worth doing. So thank you to everybody who contributed over the years. Uh, just as I know, I didn't, you, you, you were like, Hey, somebody's name is in that email. Mm-hmm. Um, is it someone, you know, yeah, it's, uh, my, my buddy Travis. So yeah. <laughs> I, I know okay. him. All right. Thanks for writing the show. My, Mike Travis, Travis, Mike, something. Travis Mikolay. Yeah. Mikolay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it yeah. was. 
I, I, I didn't know. I don't. Did it, no, not a smart man, but it, Jen A, but I know what emails it is. I don't is. have a Gmail app on my iPhone. I just go to actual like web browser, which is uh, I use the Google. Uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. But it, the, doesn't. it doesn't come up. It just says their name. It just uh-huh. says the name. Whatever. I don't, I don't see the email address. Anyways, all right. We have one more email. It's that time of the show again. Rapid fire with Colin. Will has graced us with his presence one last time. He says, so long, my friends. Midnighters. <laughs> would that it were so simple. <laughs> I feel like he's trying to trip me up there. Um, no. Would that it were so simple. Would that it were, were so, so simple. simple. Here's some rapid fire for Colin one last time. My heart will go on. Case Celine Dion. Near, far, wherever you are. <laughs> All right. You ready? I guess. Let's do it. <laughs> First one. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie gets greenlit, will begin shooting this fall. Warner Brothers has given the go-ahead on Todd Phillips' Joker original film with Joaquin Phoenix. Variety first reported that Phoenix was in talks to, the, to be the crown prince sometime in early spring. The deal was finalized today. The studio has been greenlit with a $55 million budget to begin shooting the beginning of September. Here it is, Colin. It's happening. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> are you making a prestige Joker film? That's what it sounds like is happening. Uh, we already had one of those. I mean, the the problem is, I don't know. Uh, like, what? I just, I, I'm so, I don't, I'm so conflicted. I don't know how to feel about this film. I mean, it's happening. That's what's blowing my mind. Yeah. This kind of stuff gets bad around all the time, but everybody realizes, like, oh, that's probably a bad idea. I, is the fuck is Batman gonna be in it? I, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, who was in this movie? I guess maybe, maybe that would be that perspective. Just a, a a Batman film free or a Joker film free of the Batman. Maybe, Maybe that is the the perspective that is novel enough to allow them flexibility to make this good. I mean, look, Joaquin Phoenix is a brilliant actor. I just uh, he's also in his forties. Like yeah. you're having an origin story for a character, and I don't. Where, and where does it go? Is there? Is he doing? I want to make more Batman movies. Like I don't understand where this is going. It's it's not. It's the it's the standalone. It's so stupid. It's it just seems like bizarre timing if nothing else um but you know whatever we'll wait uh wait and see what happens <laughs> so this might be this next one might be good news for you I, I don't know um indiana jones 5 release date officially moves back to 2021 indiana jones the fifth installment has officially been rescheduled for release in 2021 Ever since Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2012, much of their attention has been dedicated to the Star, War- Star Wars Renaissance, but the studio is keen on bringing back the famous archaeologist. Unfortunately, they've had some problems. First announced in 2016, Indy has encountered numerous delays <laughs> along the way. For a while, it was slated for the, as a Lucasfilm 2020 temple, but that changed recently. Due to issues with the screenplay, that's always good to hear. That's what I want to hear. Ah. <sighs> Co-writer Jonathan Kasdan will continue to follow his further step by pinning a new draft of Indy 5 screenplay. As a result, production on the sequel was indefinitely delayed. I mean, that's it. Can't, that's not bad news. Um, no matter how you slice it, I just I, it's going to take 
I don't know, man. Like, how good, how much fucking zeitgeist would you have to cram into an Indiana Jones film to make yeah, it worth dragging us out of... <laughs> I don't... Like, like, yeah. Yeah, like, how it, it would just, it would have to be so good. It would have to be epitomize everything we loved about the first three films without feeling patronizing or too commercial or like how do you do that you the answer is nobody has figured it out yet yeah i don't Uh, but you know what it doesn't matter because i'm sure it'll make money um it's been long enough that everybody is now pretends that kingdom of the crystal school didn't happen probably right uh i think i think you could build some hype around this and make some money and i guess it i don't know man yeah i don't i think it's not worth it it doesn't like at the end of the day it's not going to be good enough to be worth it yeah right no it's just not going to happen uh, the closest thing to a modern day Indiana Jones was National Treasure. Just keep making those movies. We don't need more indie. Whatever. Just do something else. Or what was the the TV show on TNT? The Librarian. Yeah, the Librarian. Just do that. No, I mean, wow. we don't need this. The, I mean, those are, I guess, kind of like some of the spirit of Indiana Jones. But uh, I mean, you're never going to capture. I mean, Harrison Ford's going to be in his 80s by the time this movie. <laughs> Like, so, I don't... And the movie already tried... I mean, the, the last one already tried to move away from the uh, the Nazi yeah. conceit. Yeah. And that didn't fucking work. And nobody care. I mean, everything is so different. It's just... Uh, better to let sleeping dogs lie, as my friend Har... My... Not friend. As Harlan Ellison <laughs> so eloquently wrote. Yeah. Another Harlan Ellison. Okay, great. All right. Um, next, District Nine filmmaker Neil Blomkamp tackling RoboCop returns. Justin Rhodes, who co-wrote the Terminator reboot that Tim Miller is directing, is rewriting a script that was written by Ed Newmeyer and Michael Miner. RoboCop, the cyborg officer, patrols the streets of Detroit, is returning to the big screen. Uh, Blomkamp, who directed tech-heavy movies such as District Nine and Chappie, has been set by MGM to helm RoboCop Returns. That's right. The name of the movie is RoboCop Returns. Uh, the original movie directed by Paul Verhoeven. Blah, blah, blah. So, RoboCop Returns. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel. What does this mean? <sighs> I said, I, I, here's the thing. District 9, when Blomkamp came out with District I really like District 9. Uh, gave us our first taste or my first taste of Chateau Copley. Yeah. Yeah. Chappie was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I hated that movie. Well, uh, and nobody liked Elysium either. It oh, and, really mediocre uh, reviews. I take that back. Elysium was probably worse than Chappie. Both those movies were not good at all. So I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, 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 I think I, I always, I, I, so I never bothered to see Elysium or Chappie. Uh, you did not miss anything. I got, and this could be totally off base. I got the feeling that Blomkamp, 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 yeah, Blomkamp, um, had District Nine like 
sitting in his pocket or swirling around his head for a long time. He had a, he right. had a long time to envision it and really uh, it was, I mean, it's a great idea. It has all of the underpinnings of a fantastic narrative screenplay. Um, social commentary, interesting character development, uh, and it was well-directed action sci-fi on top yeah. of that. It just, it yeah. checked a lot of boxes. It was a a huge sleeper hit, I think. Um, a fantastically enjoyable film. And then it just, it seemed like he, in success, kind of kept making, just wanted to make dystopia films. Um, and District 9 wasn't a dystopia film. It was something completely different, I think. Um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, you're right. But I, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, look, Charlotte Copley better be the bad guy. Um, and, but even that hasn't been enough to, wasn't enough to save, uh, Elysium, I guess. Cause he was the bad guy in that, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I think the issue, and I, I, I understand. So, you know, Elysium is, is supposed to tackle like the, it was, you know, a, a, um, a take on the one percent, and uh, you know what it means to have power and wealth and and those things. The problem with Elysium and spoilers for Elysium, if you don't hear it. The problem with it is like so the Earth is overran, and there's the population is out of control, and there's no very little resources. So and the Earth has been destroyed. So these rich people move to this thing in the sky. Yeah, and there's a a machine that completely regenerates you and basically makes you live forever. So the, that's pretty much the MacGuffin in the movie. Mm -hmm. So now you're introducing this thing that will give people basically eternal life on a planet they've already destroyed. And now they're going to live forever and continue to multiply. That doesn't make any sense. You just, you just keep multiplying and nobody ever dies. They just live like, what, what is your, what are you, what are you trying to say? I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Are you saying something about overpopulation and, cl and, and climate issues? Like, what? Are, I don't understand. Now it just, it's a problem. It, it didn't make sense, the whole movie. And Chappie, Chappie had no heart. And it was supposed to be a movie full of heart. So, I don't, Robocop is, I don't want what? So is Peter Weller coming back as like an 80-year-old Robocop? I don't, what is? <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, it's just, you, I mean, why anybody would try and remake any of Paul Verhoeven's, <laughs> yeah, right. like any of his, I don't even know what to call them. The, but just the, that, that trifecta of films. So yeah. like RoboCop, um, uh, oh my God, I, I just lost it. Um, uh, I mean, Total my, Recall. Total Recall, yeah. My and Starship too. Troopers. Like yeah. just great, like the, when I think of late 80s, science fiction even though starship troopers was in the 90s yeah. um but robocop and uh total recall just that brilliant blend of action sci-fi and satire uh there i mean there's nothing else like it why like why would you again trying to trying to repackage that you are going to miss the point and it's just exactly it just seems like blatant commercial shenanigans well i mean they already remade robocop so at least attaching somebody who has right yeah that's some right sci-fi credentials to it seems 
more legitimate on the surface, but whatever. I don't care. All right, Colin, we have two more. All right, let's do it. <laughs> this is going to be a short one, I okay. think. Okay. Oh, wow. You probably heard about this. I did not. Uh, Johnny Depp sued for alleged assault on City Lies set. Johnny Depp is being sued for an alleged assault on the set of his upcoming film, City of Lies. It's based on, it's based on the Randall Sullivan popular book, Labyrinth, but like L.A.brinth. A detective investigates the murder of Tupac Shakur and, and, and the notorious B.I.G. Well, this is a long title. Implications of Death Row Records, Strychnine, and the Origins of the, the Los Angeles Police Scandal. That's the whole title of the, uh, the book. It stars Depp as Detective Russell Poole working to solve the murders of the infamous rappers Tupac and Biggie. Uh, apparently, I'm just going to summarize this. They were shooting outside. Um, the guy who was uh, on set manager, whose uh, job was to usher them off location, was told that he had to, to tell Depp to stop filming at 1030. He went and told him. He said, who the blank are you to tell me to stop? Uh, he told him he had to leave. Depp struck him in the stomach twice, and then the bodyguards removed Depp from the scene. <laughs> I I haven't heard that, but I mean Johnny Depp it just uh, seems to be continuing a his cycle of self destruction. So I guess we'll see at the bottom. I mean, <laughs> man, dude, how the mighty have fallen. I I guess I I don't know. I Johnny Depp is. It kind of makes like I don't want to feel bad for him. I, I guess I don't, but it's sad because he was talented, mm-hmm. um, and he never really did anything with it. Uh, he made a lot of money. Well, yeah. And then he spent a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. I think Will is sending you off with probably one of the best articles. Uh, I. So, this there's two things here, and the first is. Last week, it was announced that Greta Gerwig's follow-up to Lady Bird uh, will be a retelling adaptation of the Louisa May Alcott seminal novel, Little Women. The movie is set to star, or in talks to star, I should say, this is not set, Meryl Streep, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Emma Stone, and Timothy Chalamet. This article says uh, there's been lots of backlash because of this, of this movie. Um, this will be the sixth film adaptation, or sorry, the seventh film adaptation with the sixth starring Leah Thompson due out later this year. Additionally, there have been four BBC miniseries based on the book, a made-for-TV musical in 1958, and a 2012 <laughs> Lifetime series. Uh, little Women. Yeah. How many Little Women are too many little women. That's the question for you, Colin, as we end the emails. Well, uh, Slash Film would have you know there's no such thing as too many little women. Um, <laughs> there's never enough. I don't I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is one of those things where... I, the, if somebody is willing to let her make this film and she wants to make the film, then good. Like, this isn't on paper. This isn't something that we're going to be interested in. Uh, but it's also 
not it's it's one of those it's like uh it's like every time a theater company does a shakespeare production right that whatever production you're doing has been done thousands of times yeah before. sure okay fair enough um the point is you you want to tell the story in hopefully your own way or maybe a novel way and you think there's something of merit there it's kind of like that you know i so this isn't this isn't like a commercial film um it's again a prestige film probably going to be a little uh little oscar bait but if if this is what she wants to make um as opposed to doing something else then more power to her like fair enough fair enough i i I understand what you're saying if this yeah if this is what she wants to do like oh you know good for her she gets to choose the the titles that she wants to make then she deserves it i think that my standpoint would or the where i would come from though is i think greta gerwig is very talented and i just wish she would focus on something that isn't little women that would be my only thing (laughs) but hey you know it's her decision yeah well you're not the intended demographic i guess then brian i mean i have to admit like if i'm going to see a little women movie it's probably going to be one directed by greta gerwig just to be honest because I've never seen any of the other Little Women, and I don't plan on it. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be a, an adaptation, or is it like a a historical film set? That's a good point too. Uh, is it a period piece in line yeah, with a true retelling of the the not? You know, like who knows? I, I could see. So if this is like if this is a modern retelling of Little Women, and it's not called Little Women, then maybe this is a film for everybody you know yeah. like if if it's called something else it just pick a random working title like little girls no you know what i mean <laughs> just yes i know what you mean then then maybe it, it <laughs> maybe it'll work maybe it'll work better than uh we mm-hmm. are expecting it to better than it would if somebody just said you know you just call it little women <laughs> what if it's little like piece. l-i-l little Women. Women, W-I-M-M-N. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Is that it? Are we done? Yeah, that's all emails. <laughs> Media hot takes whenever you're ready. All right. Guys, thanks again to everybody who has ever written in. Um, thanks for listening to us. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back with uh, a, a thoughtful remembrance and farewell and talk of the future. And we're back with a bunch of words I just said. Um, we're back to talk about the the potential future for this podcast or something like that from us. So uh, my replacement will be here next week. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Or am I? Only Brian knows for sure. Um, <laughs> so I, I we wanted to talk about this earlier, um, but I just want to say that... Uh, just because this is the end of regular scheduled weekly recordings doesn't mean that there will never be another episode of the Midnight Film Review. In fact, I would be very surprised if that was the case. I think I still have interest in doing uh, episodes. I just think they're going to be they're going to be planned. They're going to be planned around films um, rather than regularly recurring. And they're going to have to kind of fit in into a changing schedule. Um, 
Whatever Colin wants is yeah. basically what he's saying. Yeah, it's all about me. Uh, but I I don't intend on you know never doing this again. I I just think um, I think it's going to be a a much more infrequent periodic thing. But uh, there also I I think Brian might have something else for you um for fans of the show something to tune into and keep listening and uh, maybe keep you apprised of any developments in midnight film review recording schedule or whatever we end up doing in the future uh do you what what are your plans what are you yeah so i i'm definitely gonna take some time off um one because uh i want to um i want to spend some time away from this um, I, I plan on coming back unless something drastically happens. Uh, I plan on creating a new show that's going to be a little different um, than the structure. Um, a different name, different podcast. Um, but I'll definitely pop back on here on this thread to let people know exactly what's going on and what that means. And, um, you know, um, I may hijack this, this, uh, this, um, this feed um, with another podcast. Um, and, uh, who knows? Colin may just be part of that. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, the midnight film review was myself and Colin. This was, um, something special that we built over time. Except for those first two episodes. Except for those first two episodes. May or may not still exist somewhere out there in the ether. Yeah. Um, if, if you've, if you were lucky enough to hear those, uh, no, but I think that, you know, 131 episodes, <laughs> how many episodes, 131 episodes of yeah. the midnight film review. Um, I, I love podcasting. I mean, I bought all the equipment. I have a basketball podcast. I do once a month, <laughs> every once in a while. Um, but this was the m- most regular thing in my life with my wife and dogs, um, so it, I feel like it's going to leave a hole. So I definitely want to keep doing it. Um, my plan is to take some time off, maybe a month or so, um, and then I'm going to hopefully do um, just a straight maybe movie review um, podcast uh, with different different people, different hosts I can get on, friends, um, family. I don't want a um, – this is going to sound a little pretentious – um, I don't think I know anyone in my life that can I can talk about film with the way that I can talk about film with you. And so I don't think replacing you, quote unquote replacing, uh, with someone else is what's best for me. So uh, I think depending on the episode, depending on the movie, um, depending on, you know, the time of the year, I'll have a different host on, you know. Um, I have friends that well, – there's people that have been on this, ep- this podcast. You know, Chunk the Punk, for one, is one. I would love to have him on. He loves Star Wars. Be a great – you know, he knows a ton about Star Wars. Be a great guest to have on talk about Star Wars. Um, uh, if there's, you know, horror movies, I have friends who love horror. Love to have them on. So uh, I think – it's going to be a lot a smaller show, um, but yeah, I'll be back for sure, probably sometime at the end of the summer. Uh, definitely in time to review Slender Man. 
I mean, you should just not take a break and uh, <laughs> and review the dark web film. Right? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I that's forgot. it. Yeah, what is it go. even called? Uh, Unfriended. The Unfriended. Dark web. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfriended. Is it Unfriended Two? Unfriended Two. The dark web. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe maybe I'll have you back on for that episode. <laughs> no, but I think um, yeah, I think we will definitely do this again. I know this is not. You know, we're saying goodbye to the Midnight Film Review, but we're not saying goodbye to Brian and Colin. This is the way I Well, I don't even think we have to say goodbye to the Midnight Film Review totally. I think it's just going to... Uh, it's not going to be the fixture in our lives it once was. It's going to be a, an occasional treat, maybe. And we'll just we'll just have to see what happens. Um, so this isn't goodbye forever. It's goodbye for now. And uh, like that. stay tuned for our DCEU exclusive... <laughs> No, I'm just, I can't even say it. Um, Yeah, so stay tuned for uh, updates and more content from Brian. Um, And I think the nice thing about us maybe recording less regularly or only on special occasions is that we'll be able to get some advance notice if we've got an episode rolling in. Uh, Hopefully we can get some emails from faithful listeners uh, or anybody, really. Uh, And... If we're going to make something happen with the two of us again, I I think we'll do our best to let you know. Otherwise, Brian is going to be back in the saddle sometime soon, producing content for you guys to enjoy. Uh, it's been a wild ride, man. It's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been it's been a good time. It's uh, it's been something to look forward to every week. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess let's uh, move on to mediatics. And we're back with Media Hot Takes. No Sponsor-free, because death is imminent. <laughs> <laughs> Only Hulu can save us now. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. All right. Well, I I really tried to not have a Media Hot Take, but Brian isn't letting me off the hook. No. I thought it would be more appropriate if I didn't contribute at all during the segment. <laughs> Uh, but he did, he didn't agree with me or appreciate that. So, let's talk about Westworld. Ah, oh, finally. I'm finally. A, so, when did when did the first season air? Was it like 2016? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I'm only 2 years behind. Yeah. Cuz I know season 2 just finished airing like last weekend or something, or 2 yeah. weeks ago. So, we're going to spoilers for season 1 cuz I yeah. want to I want to actually talk about this with you. So, yeah, if you don't want to hear spoilers for uh Westworld, then skip ahead. Not in not the Michael Crichton movie. <laughs> no, not the not the Michael Crichton movie. Um, all right. So I really enjoyed the early early episodes of the show. Um, I, so look, it maybe uh, let me take a step back first. I enjoyed I enjoyed the first season. I yeah. thought it was fun. Uh, HBO just their production value is unparalleled. Mm. There's nothing else on TV that is as well shot. Uh, and well-produced, um, whether it's practical effects, set design, um, <clears throat> CG, like all that stuff. It's just, it's the most expensive, nicest-looking TV production <laughs> in the history of TV production, uh, period. That's so true. Yeah. It's, it, like, I think that adds, look, it's, I think it's worth saying, that adds something to a show like this. Uh, they don't... 
I agree with that too. I think both they they can use a lot of practical effects. Um, they don't, and they don't have to rely on shitty CG. Um, and they can, yeah, I don't know. But uh, it's it's a it's a good looking show. Um, I think there are some interesting characters, but the end of the season, I felt like you kind of see the man behind the curtain and that's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, I, I, I was much more involved and interested in the show when I was trying to figure out who was really pulling the strings, who was, Mm -hmm. who they said they were, who was in control. Um, and what's the, like what the, what the real plan was, I guess. And, I can honestly say that with the death of Anthony Hopkins' character at the end of the first season, I just I don't. I'm gonna continue watching uh, and just see what happens, but it removes the most intriguing element of the show for me, which was this power struggle over control of the park, yeah. and not only that, but. A, a power struggle for the soul of the hosts. Um, you know, who gets to determine their consciousness? Who are they? Like, what is what is their programming and what is them really becoming conscious beings? And who has an interest in advancing that? Who has an interest in holding that back? Uh, and I, all of that has been wiped away, I, I feel like. Maybe that's not totally true, uh, and maybe I'm overestimating my understanding of where the show is going <laughs> in a big way, but I, I feel like the events that the end of season one set in motion are going to turn this into a show about the robot uprising, um, and I'm not sure if I was ready for this show to be there as quickly uh, as it, it seems to have arrived at that that narrative arc. Interesting. So what, I don't know. What do you what do you think? Um, no, I I agree. I, I agree with a lot of what you what you what you've said. Um, I'm just honestly curious more about how um, how you felt about the multiple storylines. Uh, when were you aware of them? Did they affect your viewing? Uh, learning that the man in the black hat is um, also uh, uh, fuck what's his yeah, name William William yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> did did any of that bother you like th- those are those are questions that I'm curious no well so I I think the I I didn't quite in until you said something I was kind of aware of it but I mm-hmm. wasn't really aware of the fact that it was a I didn't really think of it as a narrative conceit per se. Mm, um, I, I guess, but it's clear because the characters have, you, you see the characters alive and dead and on different storylines at the same time. And it's kind of implied that there's not more than one copy of each host active in the park at mm-hmm, once. Yeah. Um, and then their, you know, their relationships and understanding of one another changes so I, I, I kind of figured that was the case. Um, okay. But I think the only 
the only time it, it really only matters in like a few converging contexts right so it's it's Dolores and her relationship with William and her relationship with Arnold slash Bernard yeah what did you think um, about that reveal very underwhelming to be yeah. honest yeah. uh the the idea that yeah so so again like you're you're trying to figure out is arnold still alive is he is he really like enacting his will from beyond the right. grave um what what did he want is uh what's anthony what's hopkins character's name i can't remember uh, ford ford yeah is ford telling the truth about arnold um and it's just like none of it matters and his his character is really kind of uh i don't know defenestrated i i mean like he you he goes from this kind of mythical champion of robot consciousness over the capitalist corporate interests of the park to he he just kind of like freaks out and has the host kill each other and then kill him and then mm-hmm. that's it like he didn't he didn't live on through anything um i mean he, he lives on through ford because ford wants him to um but i i i mean the his relevance ends up being that ford finally understands that he was right um, and decides to continue his attempts to allow the host to bootstrap consciousness um, through memory at like through the course of the season mm-hmm. culminating in yeah. the, you know, um, Wyatt slash Dolores's awakening or the beginning of her awakening. Maybe we'll see. I think so. I think you nailed a lot of the issues with the show and a lot of the greatness of the show. I will say that um, I'm interested to see what you think of season two, because to me, um, and this isn't a spoiler, there are so many timelines to keep up with in season two that it is definitely now a conceit of the show, and it makes it really frustrating to watch. Um, and I kind of enjoyed the, the the multiple timelines in season one. Um, like when, when it comes down to the, the last few episodes, I think are pretty good. Um, but there was a time in the middle of it where of season one, where I was just like, this is so, I don't understand season two or season one, like probably, oh. probably episodes six and seven, maybe eight. I was really upset with the show and the way it was revealing plot and the way that uh, it just felt like characters, and this is the problem when you have characters who can't die. Um, it's hard to care when there isn't there isn't there isn't any um, stakes. There's no real stakes. Um, and then you know, revealing characters to be uh, hosts. Uh, or just one. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like re- that reveal is it. <sighs> I don't know. You're, it just it takes the weight out of the show, in my opinion. Um, overall, I think it's a great show. Like I don't think it's a bad show. It just I had some really 
troubling issues um, with the way that the narrative turns out in the end. Yeah, that, I think I do agree that Bernard's reveal is kind of underwhelming, kind of wasted in a lot of ways. Um, there, I and it's it's not a it's not a show without flaws. There are some there's some really bad dialogue, and yeah. there's some really bad scenes. Yeah, some really cringy, corny poorly written scenes yeah and there's some dialogue that i feel like if anthony hopkins wasn't delivering it you would just him and jeffrey wright like some of their dialogue like if you just in a vacuum if another yeah. actor you'd be like because there's lots of exposition that you're just like okay like you it's, have all this time yeah, to tell the, the story the writing is just gets incredibly pretentious sometimes yeah. um i don't think Anybody but Anthony Hopkins could have made that I role. Agree. I agree. Nobody could have. I mean, maybe somebody else could have made it work. Nobody could have taken it to where he yeah. takes it. It's it just the level, his level of gravitas and ability to be menacing while not really physically mm-hmm. imposing is it's just brilliant. It's unparalleled, really. He's <laughs> he's still got it after all these years. Um, the episode where he sits down with the the acting, uh, oh yes, the, whatever That's her a position great scene. is, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he is fucking scary still. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's like I I definitely enjoyed it. I think it has a a lot to offer compared to a lot of other things on TV. Not a perfect show, um, but I'm kind of disappointed that I feel like it played its hand as quickly as it did maybe that's not warranted we'll see what happens interesting to hear what you think about season two um all right so my media hot take this week is a little movie called tag so you i saw tag i took a little vacation right. this past week yeah. and i saw tag i saw a couple movies this weekend um but the reason i want to talk about tag is because i thought one i thought the premise was interesting and I really like the cast. I uh, like Ed Helms. I like Jake Johnson. I like Hannibal Burris. I like John Hamm. Um, Isla Fisher's great. I, overall, I mean, the, the, the cast is really good. Um, unfortunately, this movie is not. This script is god-awful. The director has no comedic timing whatsoever. I mean, I, I literally... I left this movie and I was like trying to think back about a time in the movie where I laughed. Uh, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at your description. Oh. Yeah. I, I like, I, I'm like sitting here and I'm thinking like, did I laugh in this movie at all? Like, was there a time that I, was there a scene that I thought was funny? That's weird because it was built as a comedy. Yeah. It's definitely built as a comedy and, uh, it's rated R and I mean like, is it really? Yeah. There's, I mean, F bombs, everywhere like uh-huh. just and, and so like I, I i'm looking at this and i'm i'm looking at you know again i don't jeremy renner i just i can't i'm not on board with jeremy renner like i just even in this movie where he's kind of seen as like this untouchable like tag player uh he just i, I he has all the charisma of a wet blanket i just i can't get on the jeremy renner train um and then to put Ed Helms is kind of the, and John Hammer the kind of like main characters, and then like Jake Johnson and Hannibal Burris are kind of supposed to be like the comedic sidekicks. There's just some real weird chemistry problems here, um, 
And I feel like Jake Johnson and the Animal Birds are in a completely different movie. Uh, and and like, Isla Fisher. Just like The Mummy. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh-huh. And, and Isla Fisher, like, that's the thing is, I don't know. Like, the, this is a movie that's set up to have a lot of, like, situational comedy and a lot of physical humor. Yeah. And there is none of that. There is none of that. The, any physical humor comes off just – It's it, the physical humor in this is, like, the worst physical comedy in a Farley Brothers movie. Like, on their best day, they couldn't have made something as bad as this. Like, I, I feel bad for this guy, Jeff Tomasic. Like, this was, like, his big break. Like, I'm looking – he's directed a lot of smaller stuff. He did T.J. Miller's um, – tv special he's done a lot of tv stuff and he's done a lot of i mean i haven't i can't speak for like episodes but he's directed broad city he's just he's directed a lot of stuff like on tv and a lot of shorts but i just you know i i put something on letterboxd and i said like it's as if these filmmakers were trying to make a, a comedy made a drama instead like there's some real serious moments in this movie like and I just I don't I don't really understand what was trying like I'm baffled. This movie is like an enigma to me. Like I I'm sitting here watching it and I'm like just waiting for that moment where I just like I'm busting a gut laughing. And I at the end of the film like can I can I do spoilers real fast? Because yeah, I I, okay. I know you're never gonna see this movie and I want to see is your reaction. Anybody ever gonna see this movie? Uh, well, I know Drew already seen this movie. Okay, uh, but. If you haven't seen Tag and you want to, stop listening now because I'm going to spoil it for <laughs> and two also minutes. Re-eva- reevaluate your life. Yeah, and also reevaluate your life. So, <laughs> they this is billed as like the last season of Tag. It's I'm not going to go into details on what a season means, but like it's for an entire month. They play Tag, whatever. And at the end of the movie, Ed Helms goes to to tag the untouchable Jeremy Renner dives and then collapses and is in a wakes up in the hospital and you find out he has a inoperable tumor on his liver and so then they play one final game of tag where he gets to tag jeremy renner and make him it finally after 20 years of playing it and they run around the hospital playing playing tag as he's wheeling his iv along with him that is painful with you describing it there's no hint of that in the movie, by the way. There's no, they don't like leave, like you don't see like a, you know, a medical thing, like, or like him ever having, pain. oh, my side hurts. Like, no, there, nothing, <laughs> nothing. There's no hint of that. Out of the fucking blue, he has an inoperable liver tumor. So is this, is that a writing issue or? A complete writing issue. The script is awful for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So um, you can stop. You can start listening again now. We're done. Spoilers. Um, don't see tag. Spoiler. Don't see tag. H- horrible waste of time. Um, but yeah, that's my media hot take. Well, uh, man, that's intriguing. <laughs> First of all, why did you see this movie? That's what I really uh, want to know. I actually morbid curiosity. I, honestly, there was a. I was like, I had some movies on my list that uh, Amanda was at work and I was like uh, you know what Ocean's 8 maybe I'll go see that it, you know whatever uh, and then there was another movie I can't remember what it was and it just fell in the perfect timing where I could I could go see it and be home before she got off work so I just went yeah anyways so yeah I'm gonna 
review a movie now? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. We're gonna sting ya. We'll <laughs> be right back with a spoiler-free review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And we're back with a spoiler-free review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Who's who? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I couldn't keep it. Couldn't keep them straight. There's so much frenetic action in this movie. Um, <laughs> all right, so plot summary. We'll just do the old uh, Walt, Walt Mega Disney Studios. As Scott Lang balances being both a superhero, I don't know why they think that's a proper noun, and a father... <laughs> Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. I'll just say close enough because that's kind of, kind of, sort of, not really. Um, Yeah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. So this film was directed by Peyton Reed, who took over direction of the first Ant-Man film. Um, That he did, sir. That he did. Yeah. It it stars... uh, Pretty much everyone from the first Ant-Man yeah. film. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, um, Bobby Cannavale, Judy Greer, T.I., uh, David Dasmalshian, um, and then introduces some new people. Uh, Walton Goggins makes an appearance as the villain du jour. Um, the villain du jour. Yeah. Abby Ryder Force, Fortson. Forskin. No. Be careful, because that, that's Cassia's daughter. So, uh, <laughs> um Hannah John Kamen uh, as the mysterious ghost Ava. Uh, we've got Michelle Fiefer <laughs> um, as Cat. I mean uh, Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp, making a true appearance, um, and Lawrence Fishburne playing Larry. Yeah, Bill Foster, a scientist. Uh, Michael Douglas returns as Hank Pym. I really, I think that's probably fine. Um, Randall Park is, uh, was he in the first one? Uh, no. Okay, nope. yeah, Randall Park plays in the... Wait, was he? I don't think I he don't was. Know. What I don't know. Whatever, doesn't matter. Bumbling FBI agent comic relief. I, that's fine. That's yeah, it. That's um, Brian, what, what did you think of this movie? Tell me right now. So I'm just going to be straight up up front and say I realize this is... Um, my bias may be showing. Uh, I know this isn't a good movie. I know that the, the this there are holes in the narrative uh, that Ant Man could climb through, um, not as a normal size Ant Man. Um, I I understand a lot of the issues that people have. I understand Drew's <laughs> hatred for this movie. Um, but I just disagree. I, um, I really like, and he, it's funny. He said, if this wasn't a Marvel movie, it would be dissed. I feel like if people aren't loving this movie, uh, I mean, it's doing okay. It's doing fine. I mean, it was certified fresh. It has a 70 meta score. So but above I, average. If, but if you take off your expectations of, uh, as an MCU film, and I think I will say that I think this gives Dr. Strange a run for the worst MCU you movie I, I will agree with that like i think this is ever iron man 3 thor dark world mm, okay yeah maybe a little bit better than those 
I, it's it, it's not it's not in the top tier of those other movies. Sure. But I enjoyed the hell out of this movie, and I think if it wasn't a Marvel movie, that people would like it more. I feel I feel like it would be getting better reviews if if you just took this movie as a superhero movie that there was no uh, stigma attached to it. You might like it a little more. Um, the villains, there, there's problems with the villains all over the place in this movie. Um, there's a lot of uninteresting side stuff going on, in my opinion. But uh, I don't know. I think Paul Rudd is terrific. And every time, I just keep thinking, like, I'm, I cannot believe Paul Rudd is in a Marvel movie. It blows my mind. Um, I thought the comedy beats were fine. I, I liked a, a few of them. Um, we'll get into that in spoilers a little bit more. I do think um, the use of the size and stuff was well done in this movie. Uh, I think there was a couple good action beats that involved those. Um, yeah, I just I I don't feel like Walter Goggins was used correctly in this movie, and I think that was my biggest letdown. Is um, he could have been so much more, and also I understand why they ended the movie the way they did, but. They, it, we know what happens in Avengers. There is a logical place to end this movie pre-Stinger. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. But yeah, I liked it. I I understand why people don't. I found joy in this movie. All right. Well, so I, I think I'm with you in a lot of ways. Um <laughs> I I absolutely had a good time seeing this movie. I enjoyed it. And I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, because yeah, this is... On paper, this is not a good movie. Um, it's, it's so superficial. The narrative is just competent. Um, there are no villains. This is not a heist film. Uh... I, like I just every time I think about this movie I don't understand why it worked yeah I'm with you I, I, I understand why people don't like this movie it doesn't it doesn't stand alone as a film um, they there's really almost no characterization in fact I think it's a step backwards for uh, Scott Scott's character um, there there's kind of like I feel like they undercut a lot of the the idea of him being, you know, a reformed criminal mm-hmm. um, or having to kind of struggle with that stigma uh, that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a defining part of the first film, but it was there. Uh, I, I don't I just like. I don't know. But at the end of the day, this this film is still fun. It's lighthearted. Um, the humor works. Uh and all of the small characters and roles are done pretty well, with the exception of Ava or Ghost. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I, I like I enjoyed this film, but it it's kind, it's just kind of empty. Uh, yeah, and I I have usually. I I have a easy I have an easier time re- reconciling that, but I just I don't understand how this film wasn't 
frustrating to me in the way that I feel like it should have been. I because agree. Because on paper, it is hugely problematic and a step away from the, f- the first film in almost every respect. Uh, it, it just, it's, it's kind of a, it's just a very run-of-the-mill sequel um, with enough humor and enough charisma to smooth over uh, your your frustration and snags uh, that the rough parts of the <laughs> rough parts of the movie otherwise would have uh, I I think kept kept some enjoyment from happening. So I you know I, like if you're I'm not gonna tell anybody to go out and see this film. Um, as for this being the worst MCU film, I definitely don't agree with that. But this isn't something that, like, anybody needs to go see. You could certainly do worse. Um, but this is is going to be a pretty forgettable Marvel film in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I definitely and agree it, with that. It, That's not going to – it's not going to stand the test of time. Well, and the other thing is it – I feel like most other Marvel films, at least the, the titular character is – developed or impacted uh, or scarred or something and that doesn't happen here um there's well it does but it doesn't in the runtime of the movie (laughs) but but it doesn't happen i mean maybe maybe it will as a result of the movie but that's not the same thing you're right um yeah that's fair like i mean maybe the biggest thing that happens is now it's not just ant-man it's ant-man and the wasp but I mean, this movie doesn't even have that many action beats, really. It kind of does, but it kind of doesn't somehow. Like, there are a lot of chase sequences, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it had less action than the first film did. I think you're probably right. There, there. I mean, and there are a couple interesting fight scenes uh, and some better use of the the size, uh, rapid size change in combat, which was fun. But it's there's not enough. It's like too little, too late. So, I don't know. This is a confusing film. It's not great, but it's fine um, somehow. And you could definitely do worse, but don't see this movie if you don't want to. Yeah, it's funny because like I feel like the first Ant Man was completely underrated. I really, really like the first Ant Man, and um, well, the first Ant Man took took risks, and this film does not. This film purposefully avoids all risk taking. It's formulaic and fluffy and safe. That yeah, that's I agree. Like there is a clear line especially after Killmonger and Black Panther, there's a clear line for Ghost to take. And instead of her embracing her loss, well she's but she's not a villain is the other problem. She's Well, a, that's what I mean like she's at of, best a, a an anti-hero <clears throat> sort of towing the the line. Um yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. I, no, no, I just I, I that's what I'm saying. Like I don't like making her an all out villain would make sense or her sacrificing something too. In the end she that's the thing. Is this movie it, it well it needs to not be a stereotypical Marvel superhero film. It needs to not be a film where the purpose is to thwart an evildoer. I agree. It yeah. has to be it has to be a heist film. Like make it true to the whole purpose of this character 
in the context yeah, of the MCU, right. which is to do something different and make a genre film that's also a superhero film. Uh, and that doesn't really happen. Yeah. So. And I don't think that they do a good job defining Ghost's power either. Um, but that's... <laughs> Does, yeah, it's whatever. It's Small potatoes. Here I, yeah. I, uh, I think we should move the spoilers. That's what I think. Well, on that note, we will be right back with spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp. What? Honey! Wow! Are you kidding really? me? Really? You just ruin it every oh. time! Oh. I'll see you at home. Well, wait so a second. Rude. Taking place, and we're back with spoilers for Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, Evangeline Lilly is pissed off, she's gonna kick you. <laughs> yeah, uh, were you surprised by anything that happened in this film? No, no, I wasn't. And you know, I, I said before, like, I don't, I understand why people don't like this movie, I get it. The, the thing about this movie that I keep going back to is there is something about the style of the movie, the visual style of the movie and Paul Rudd that works for me because the plot is not good. Uh, I don't think the like, you know, I don't think the performances are necessary. I kind of, this is bad. I kind of just want Hank Pym to go away. Uh, I find Michael Douglas performance annoying and i find his character a little just it is a t it's just a typical stodgy scientist in a movie like he he's right everybody else is wrong he never learns from his mistakes that kind of thing and it just it, it wears thin on me it really does i don't know i actually i i kind of <clears throat> thought that was interesting and they but they don't explore it to any depth but the idea that hank has been so arrogant and so unlikable and um uncompromising that he's driven everyone else away and secluded himself um i like i think there's something there and i'm it's nice to, I don't know, not have everybody, like, be a good guy all the time. Yeah. But, he, it, he I mean, he's abrasive, it, but they don't, it, like, it doesn't end up meaning anything, I guess, is, is the problem. Um, I mean, don't, like, I, in my opinion, like, having, and this is just in my perfect world, I just, having him sacrifice himself for the good of the team or the good of humanity, it just always seems like shit works out for him. Like, yeah, he lost his wife, but uh, he ends up getting her back in the end, years later. And, you know, his daughter is reconciled with him now. After years of, in the first movie, you know, she they're, they're walking a tightrope and he's trying to make amends with her. And I just, I don't know. It's like, I don't feel like that character deserves, like, he's ruined a lot of people's lives. Deserves redemption. Yeah, he doesn't do anything other than he decides he's going to go into the, the quantum. And even though like we, we hear it's so hard to get out of, we've seen multiple people go in and come back out. And I assume that we're going to see Ant-Man go back, come back from there again. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I would have liked to have seen him sacrifice himself to get his wife back to her, you know, his daughter. 
pay for something he's done. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think his like he's his arrogance has isolated him. Uh, and there's there's more context for that in the it's like Definitely he's, in the he's there's more yeah. context for it and he's also less of an asshole in the first movie. I, I agree. I that I And then they they messed up the ratios for this one. Yeah, look, whatever. I don't like I don't even care enough about his character to to uh, I I don't know. You it's you're fine. right though. Like they did they, they, they his, his character was much better than the first film. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, there's just no context. And uh the one thing that surprised me in this film was that they didn't do the, like, the 10-second countdown turns into an hour of screen time conceit. Oh, yeah. Like, when they're yeah. leaving the quantum realm, you I keep expecting to, like, cut back to them, like, yes. getting bigger for, like, 10 minutes, and then it doesn't happen. They're just out. Yeah. Like, yeah. they actually stall long enough, and they're out. And I was like, oh, okay. I <laughs> only the only moment of surprise for me in this yeah, film. I agree with you. I I thought the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> the <sighs> like I have so many issues with this movie, but I really did like it. That's the weird thing for me is like I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like Walter Goggins was wasted. His charisma was wasted. His I mean make that make that guy an asshole. Make him bad. Make him evil. And they they don't do any you don't see anything that makes him a villain other than he wants to get this thing that our good guys want to get to, you know what I mean? Like there's no they're both going after the MacGuffin. He and even like he just feels so disposable. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is what it is. If man. you have Walter Goggins in your movie, use Walter Goggins. I just I don't get it. I, yeah, but he's not the only antagonist in the film. Is the problem? Um, it just it's. I'm not even gonna say unnecessarily convoluted, but it just doesn't commit. It doesn't commit to anything. It doesn't mean anything. Um, You're right, and I think also I think um, the issue with the ghost stuff, and I just thought about this, is they introduce her as a villain uh, off the jump. When you're right, she's not really a villain, and even the way that that uh, her name's Hannah is it her Hannah John Harmon or something like that, um, the the actress that played Ghost, yeah. even the way she portrays that character, instead of portraying that character as um, somebody who's trying to do something um, to save themselves, it's almost her portrayal is a, as an evil character, like the, the, I mean we've seen it in plenty of movies where. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but we know that there is a, a place where, like, you have your superhero and he's working alongside trying to maybe do the same things that another character slash superhero who you think might be a villain, um, almost like the Casey Jones to the Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah. they just they have different means of, of accomplishing uh, their goals, you know, and but that was never relayed in this movie. It was always like, well, she's a bad guy until she isn't, you know. Mm. I mean, she like she captured. I don't know. She, I, it's like she's unstable. I thought is the portrayal um, they were leaning towards, which makes sense in the context of the, her, like the yeah. literally 
and figuratively, she's unstable. But right? there's no character arc there. Like there's there, no character arc anywhere. <laughs> but that means like, that's the opportunity to have a character arc, and they just don't do I it. Yes. Are they even gonna like? What's the point though? Or is she even a recurring? Gonna be a recurring character in this universe? It kind of seems like they set it up that way, especially with the end of the film. Definitely the way. It, it, so let's yeah, let's just talk about that. I yeah. don't I don't have anything else to say yeah, about this film. I just whatever it's done. Yeah. No. So fine. yeah, let's talk about that. So did you? I I feel like we are on a diff in a different place on this because I thought it was the best stinger in a Marvel film. Period. Oh wow. Okay. I thought it was the first time I felt like the stinger meant something or contributed something to the context of what was coming next. It wasn't just like a fun little treat for the audience, like a little a little reward, yeah, Pavlovian yeah. reward. I, I can see where you say that, yeah. It's it it there's a, a bigger context, um and it it's a it, it it's a big it's a contrast from the rest of the film, which is fluffy and meaningless um this feels like in in i mean not that i think he's going to die but it's an interesting unknown and it changes the stakes for his character dramatically after nothing happens for the entire you know hour and a half that i just spent with him so it was i don't know i think maybe it was because of how mediocre the film was mm. but i was really impressed by how much the uh i felt like the stinger affected me or how much i was invested in it compared to everything else that's interesting because i felt like there was a clear point to make all that happen now the only thing i can say is there they obviously there's a reason they probably want him in the quantum realm yeah um, that's obvious. Sure. So I get that. But in my mind, it would have been much more impactful than having a happy ending because you're building this happy ending. You're building to this. All the families are back together. She, you know, they're, they, they're watching, uh, driving on their laptop as mm-hmm. miniature or whatever. Like they're, you're building to this, but I feel like <clears throat> maybe this, I'm just being cynical, but there is a moment in the movie where I, I see that happy ending coming together and then you make it disappear with the snap and it just all goes away and then you're like what the yeah but this isn't that film (laughs) like it's not it's not this is not you i just you can't expect a film that is just so contrived and so safe to do that to an audience or take take a risk i mean take a risk like that um yeah i guess you're right and I just when I think about the films that have have gone there, you know, I just this has nothing in common <laughs> with them. I I think, uh, so. Yeah, you're right. All right. Anything else you want to say? Um, yep. Well, I, you know, I love all of you. Thank you, and. Uh, I hope to be talking at you again sometime in the near future. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Midnight Film Review. We will catch you on the flip side. Okay, bye.